Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you are here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, all you beautiful souls. Welcome back to another fabulous episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. As always, I'm so thrilled to have you here with me today. And as always, I'm super pumped for today's episode. I feel like I'm going to offer you guys like a refresher on the topic of healing probably once a season because I really do think that the healing journey is always progressing in your life or at least it should be. And I feel like if we're not in a place of always working to heal something in our lives, we're grasping onto really stagnant energy that's really holding us back. And if you're not healing, you're constantly holding on to emotions that will never serve you from a place of love and light in your life. And I think that things that we hold on to really maybe difficult memories or experiences that we hold on to that we haven't healed from, if we're thinking about them constantly or using them as a way to not do something, then we're holding ourselves back. And that's really where I want to start with this. So normally I write the blogs that correspond with the podcast after I record the podcast because I allow really the energy to just kind of flow in the podcast. And like I've told you guys in the past, I use the podcast as a way to kind of provide you guys with more social proof, whereas the blog is more a little bit analytical and giving you guys techniques for application of whatever the topic is in your own life. But I was really inspired to write the blog and record this podcast. So I'm actually recording this podcast four weeks in advance than when it goes out. (laughs) because I just knew exactly what I wanted to say. And I usually write the blogs, you know, a month in advance. So I wrote the blog and I'm recording it the next day. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what I say in the blog, because like I've said also in the past that I, I know that not everyone uses both platforms. So each week the topic is the same for the blog and the podcast. But like I said, what you're taking away from each is a little bit different. But I talk a lot about emotional baggage in the blog, and I used a really what I think to be fantastic example to kind of lay this out for you guys. I want you to think of emotional baggage that we hold on to, things that aren't serving us, core memories in our past that aren't really serving us and we haven't healed from. I want you to think of your memories and all experiences in terms of filing cabinets. Your mind is a ginormous room of filing cabinets. And on one side, you have all of these past experiences and accomplishments and, you know, really fantastic memories and filing cabinets that you can just pull up and, you know, recall the memory for. And then on the other side of your ginormous room of filing cabinets, you have all of this emotional baggage, things that you haven't healed from, things that aren't serving you. But here's the difference. Those are the things we use as social proof. We keep these emotional baggage filing cabinets to serve as proof that we can't do something or a situation is, quote, unsafe to our subconscious. So the example I want to kind of lay this out for you guys with is think about getting fired from your dream job or if you have gotten fired or let go of your dream job or something just didn't work out at a job that you really, really loved. Now, I want you to think of that Most often, if you're the exception to this rule, then congratulations. But most often when people get fired, we tend to look at those scenarios as ways we've failed, right? So 
We file that away as some sort of proof that we're either not good enough to get another job that's great again, or we failed, so we can't try again. So the next time an opportunity comes up, maybe you're scrolling Indeed and you see a job that you're perfectly qualified for and that you would love, but you're like, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't apply because I failed at this last job, so I'll fail at this job, right? That's really the baseline of what we think. Now, we might not think those exact things to ourselves because We don't want to admit that we think we failed. So instead, we're just like, "Mm," we come up with excuses and say, oh, maybe I'll apply tomorrow or, oh, this is too far of a drive or the pay is just not quite good enough, whatever it is. We come up with some sort of evidence to support that because we think we've, quote, failed in the past, we'll fail again. Now, let me also reiterate to you guys, based on all the conversations we've had on failure, you very may well fail again, but does that or should that ever stop you from trying again? The answer to that, no matter what scenario you're thinking of, is always going to be no. Because if you fail and then never try again at something, you're only hurting yourself. And this is why healing is so incredibly important. And let me also preface this by saying, because I've shared so much with you guys about my healing journey, I hope that you all know that when I say this, it's coming from a place of support and empathy. It's not me telling you what to do and never having gone on this journey on my own. I, like I said, believe a healing journey is something that we should always be going through. And no matter how difficult it is to look back at something and try and heal from that situation, especially if it's involving another person, you know, a bad friendship, a bad breakup, a family member, whatever. If you do not heal from that, point blank, you will carry that emotional baggage with you forever. And that will affect every major decision you ever make. Now, again, I'll say that's probably not a conscious thought. You're probably not going to walk into a job interview that you've dreamed of and think about the best friend that hurt you six years ago. But if you don't heal that baggage, somehow all of these situations that we're holding on to, all of those file cabinets that are bursting at the seams are going to affect every major scenario you're ever in, every big experience, every big leap that you ever step into, if you even do, because we haven't healed. And again, I'll say, you guys have heard my story about my brother, all the guilt, regret, etc. all of these things. If you haven't, go back and listen to the very first episode of the podcast or the grief podcasts, because I really dive into my healing journey with my brother. But we all carry this baggage, whether it's, you know, with family, friends, something we've experienced in our life, etc. That there's nothing wrong with that because I and I've said this before, I think. I truly believe that if you haven't experienced not necessarily a trauma, but something big in your life, you're living I think a lesser life because you haven't you haven't been given the opportunities to learn from those experiences or you have and you're choosing not to. And this is the importance of true healing, because when we don't heal, we have the potential to miss opportunities that fulfill us, allow us to live in this bliss and potentially change our lives. But instead, we're choosing to hold on to the past. How that's serving us is in such a negative way. Now, as I said, you know, we use these past experiences as a way to prove to ourselves that we cannot do something. Now, I want you to kind of think of this in reverse with me. 
that we've all done this in our lives. We've used a negative past experience as proof that we cannot do something or we cannot get involved in something again. So the reverse of this would be, do you or do we think that we've allowed positive scenarios and experiences to become the same social proof that you actually can do something. I think that we look at positive past experiences most often as things we've accomplished, not necessarily as proof. So we have a tendency to believe and give the narrative to these negative outcomes, but we don't do the same with positive outcomes. So do you see how much this can often, this baggage, this emotional baggage can really outweigh anything positive in your life because you're using it constantly. And by you, I mean we, trust me, I'm here with you. We constantly use it as proof that something is unsafe, that we can't get involved in something and that we'll fail at something. It's one of those three. So we give failure or these things that we've experienced in our lives a voice of reason to say, don't do this again because you had a horrible breakup. Don't don't ever get into a relationship again that could potentially end in the same way. But we don't look at positive accomplishments as the same social proof. So I want to talk to you guys. Obviously, the you know goal of this podcast and of course of the blog is to offer you guys a little bit of release. How can you let go of this emotional baggage and heal? I want to actually go back to that breakup example that I just talked about. I want to really put this in perspective for you guys. And I think that a lot of people have been through horrible breakups. It's very common. You know, it's your son, it's someone you're in love with. So look at it either a breakup or even a friend breakup. What if you go through a really horrible experience with a relationship or friendship and think, just because time has passed, you've healed. What if we look at time as a version of healing, but haven't done any of the actual internal work? Now imagine that you could potentially meet the best friend that you're going to have for the rest of your life or the person you're going to marry. And imagine carrying that baggage into a new relationship. But because you didn't actually heal, but you let time pass, you begin to apply same traits of maybe toxicity to your past relationship to this new one and you break up again. Time is not a version of healing. Time heals all wounds, right? People say that, you know, when someone dies, as time passes, it'll get easier. Let me be very blunt and very clear here. Losing a person will never get, quote, easier. You just learn to live with it. Losing my brother feels the same way today as it did the day I found out. That pain is still so prevalent in my life because there is not a single day that passes or a single moment that passes that I don't wish I could speak to him or tell him something or tell him about my day or just hear his voice. That that will never go away. Time will never heal that wound. However, have I learned to live with it? Absolutely. Have I learned to pick up and move on with my life? Of course. That's what time does. It just passes and you have a choice to make. Do I want to pick myself up and keep going for this person and for myself? Or do I want to stay stuck in the pain, the grief, the regret, the anger, etc.? Of course not. Most people do not want to do that. When we look at time as a version of healing but you don't actually do the healing work inside that time. All you're doing is pushing that emotional baggage 
back towards the back room of the filing cabinets. All you're doing it is storing it and letting the folder that it's in grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Because as time passes, you know what does happen? with a breakup or a friendship breakup, the anger builds up. You know how when you, like if you're in a friendship, I think people use this example a lot. When you're in a friendship or a relationship and it's someone you maybe live with, maybe they do something annoying and then a week later they do something really annoying and then, you know, things build up, right? If you do not have that conversation with that person, what is that going to end up with? You're going to end two, three months later with a huge blowout fight because you let that anger or that annoyance fester. That's exactly what this is. That file is growing and festering and bubbling over with anger or with whatever emotion it is you're holding on to because you haven't actually done the healing work. You just let time pass and think that it's healing somehow on its own, that your brain is just somehow subconsciously saying, okay, I release and let it go, it's all gone. And then when you do step into a new opportunity that's similar to it, you think you've somehow released all that baggage. But what if this new relationship person or this new friendship person does something that maybe was similar in the way that the past one that traumatized you or hurt you did, and then you apply this toxic look or perspective onto this new relationship because of one single similarity? That's not healing. Sweetie, no, no. That is not healing. That is pushing things down as far as they can go and then allowing them to come up because... We haven't healed. So I think these filing cabinets, this form of filing away memories and experiences and emotions without having healed them is taking up what we've all heard as mental real estate. We tend to reserve, I think, as much space as we can in our minds for all of the things we need to protect ourselves from. Social proof that something will go wrong, that we will fail, or that this person will hurt us. And then we have this tiny little corner of space for all of the great things in our life. Now, if you haven't done healing work, I think that that's honestly what your brain looks like. That's what your mental real estate looks like. If you have 10 square feet of mental real estate, 9.5 of them are all of this emotional baggage that we're carrying. And just that half a square foot is all this positive bliss in your life that you have experienced or are experiencing. Point blank, I think we all just need to really ask ourselves, do we want to be the person that lets our past experiences hold us back from things, people, opportunities, all of these things that really could change our lives? Or do we want to be the person that heals, learns from, and understands our pasts, but doesn't let it hold us back from taking leaps? I want to be also very clear here. When I say to heal, I certainly 110% do not mean that healing means we forget. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that we forget something happened to us. It doesn't mean that we deny it or pretend it never happened. Hello, friends. A brief interlude to remind you about the LaRue Lifestyle Coaching Program. This episode of Do the Damn Thing is brought to you by the LaRue Coaching Suite. There are three tiers to our coaching suite, intentional, transitional, and mastermind, all of which will help you transform your life and live intentionally. Whether you need focused and guided coaching or a complete transformation of your life, our coaching program will suit your needs. If you are interested in learning more about going through our lifestyle coaching program, head over to the blog and click the coaching link. And with that, let's head back to our podcast. Healing simply means you understand that it's a part of your past. 
you are grateful for the way it's shaped who you are today, but you've learned from it and you've released the emotions around it. It no longer serves a place in the life you live today. You don't step into a new scenario, a new relationship, and hold on to the baggage from the past. You're stepping into it as a new journey and as a new process of unfolding. So I think that I've kind of tiptoed around this for a long time and I feel like I'm really ready to share with you guys how part of my healing journey I think has finally come to a close and I've released I can't even explain to you the amount of emotional baggage so if you go back and listen to the first episode or if you remember that first episode you know that I told you That right before I moved away from New York and came home to Florida, a lot of stuff happened in my life. In a matter of 30 days, I turned 22 and passed, you know, the technical amount of time my brother was physically here on this earth, which carried a ton of guilt for me. Two days after my birthday, my uncle died. A few days after my uncle died, I found out I didn't get my dream job. Then I went home to New York and found out I needed my knee surgery. Well, when I got back to New York, my best friend and I at the time ended up in a very major blowout fight that ended absolutely horribly. If you can imagine a horrible friendship breakup, honestly, I would say times that by 10 and that's what this fight ended up in. So this person had been my best friend for several years and uh, it was a lot to carry. I was emotionally traumatized. I was at an emotional high in those three weeks while I was packing my stuff and moving home um, that I was, you know, and this is very vulnerable for me to say, but I was honestly scared of what I would do because I bubbling over with Every negative emotion you can think of. Everything was coming out of me. So anyways, I get home, you know, I have my surgery, blah, blah, blah. I'm holding on to all of this anger. Then, you know, when I started my intentional living journey and I started my own internal healing journey, I really needed to work on this. It was this situation and my brother that were really at the forefront of that that journey. I started doing a lot of the work on my own. You know, I was also in therapy. It, it was working, you know, mo- mostly on my brother, but I was still holding on to a ton of anger about this breakup, this friendship breakup. You know, I thought I was really getting through it. Um, then come October, you know, LaRue launches, things are great. I thought I was doing well, but honestly, looking back at it again, I realize <laughs> I, I cannot stress to you how much I still had to heal. And I realized that now because I see where I'm at today. So then in February, I get an email from this person, basically, and one of her friends. So it's actually addressed from her friend. And I get an email that, just to very sum up quickly, tore me to shreds. It was the day before my brother's birthday. That two or three weeks in my life, like in in a year are extremely hard for me. You know, my brother died two weeks after his birthday. So that that time is a very heavy time in my family. But it was it's actually also his birthday is two days before my best friend's birthday. 
So we had decided, because I think it fell on like a Friday or a Saturday, we had decided we were going to go up to Orlando and celebrate her birthday. You know, she said, of course, you don't need to come because I know it's it was on Josh's birthday that we, that we were going to go to the parks. But I really wanted to celebrate with her. So I did go. And we were on the drive on the way up to Orlando the day before Josh's birthday when I get this email. And I didn't want to ruin her birthday. So I just, I read it once and I tried, <laughs> I tried so hard not to think about it. Of course, I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was genuinely horrible. I felt awful about myself and about who I was and what I was doing with my life. So that's actually what spurred me to start my coaching with Haley. And throughout my coaching with Haley, that's mostly what we worked on is that letter and how triggering it was for me and how truly traumatizing it was for me. It was in February, so it's been eight or nine months now since I got that letter. And just the other day, for the first time, I said to my my best friend, she, her and I were sitting on the couch, we were chatting, and we were talking about her healing journey. And she had, she's actually just recently been through a breakup of her own. And I was telling her how, how proud I was of her, that she's finally getting to a place where she's putting herself first. And she's doing so much for herself and she's, she's actually healing. And she asked me how I was doing. And I looked at her dead in the eyes and I said this with such true intentions in my heart. And I, I felt it. And I feel it to be completely true that I feel like I'm finally at a place where I totally and utterly forgive those two people for writing me that letter. And I forgive that friendship breakup. And I have absolutely no ill will to this person in my life anymore because I realized that that breakup was three weeks of our lives versus three years of friendship that for the most part meant a lot to me and was very close to my heart. And... I believe, you know, from my own perspective that that time isn't going to be defined by the final moments of our friendship, despite how truly horrible they were. I am grateful to that person for all of the wonderful lessons that they've taught me and the the role that they played in my life for those three years, because, you know, that that person was a part of me grieving my brother and going through that process and... I will forever be grateful for that because what truly in any situation, you have to ask yourself what the alternative is. What does holding on to that anger do for me? It just makes me an angry person and it makes me apply these friendship windows to other friendships. That What does that do for me except hurt the other person and eventually hurt me? So I found myself saying that I, I, I feel like I'm finally at a place where I truly forgive. And, you know, I, I don't need this person in my life anymore. But if I think of her or think of the person that wrote the letter, I send them light and love and I just move on with my life. Healing this journey, I cannot iterate to you guys enough how truly important it has been in my life. This person who I was best friends with had served a very major purpose in my life. And I can realize that now. Without having gone through that three weeks in my life, the, the truly the most difficult time in my life where I, like I said, and I've said this before because I want to be honest with you guys, I was at a point where I didn't want to live anymore. I was expressing that in such anger 
to protect myself because I was scared of the actions I might take. Now, two whole years later, let me express to you, this journey does not move quickly. Two years later, I have let go of all of that anger and all of that resentment. I think of the moment I received the letter and how angry I was. But I think of that letter and I think of those two people. And the person who wrote the letter, I I really don't even know. I knew her from college and that was kind of it. I think of that letter and I think of those two people and I think of where I might be without having gotten that and having gone through that experience. And all I can think of is to be grateful for what it's taught me. It's taught me to be a better entrepreneur, a better healer, a better person. That friendship taught me more than I can describe in a single podcast. And now I think of where I would be if I hadn't healed. If all of those things still had happened to me, but I hadn't taken the time to put myself first, reflect and go through this healing journey. I was in such a place of deep, dark anger. And I hadn't healed anything in my life that it was all culminating into this one single emotion. I was simply angry. I was angry at my brother's death. I was angry that it felt like he had chosen to leave us. I was angry at this person. I was angry at my life and myself. I was angry at the world. And, you know, I was working with my EFT practitioner last week, Valerie, and we were talking a lot about all of this, about my brother. And, you know, we've done a ton of work on my grief and my guilt and this, this breakup, this friendship breakup. You know, I said the same thing to her. I feel like I'm I'm truly in a place of that I've healed and it doesn't affect me in a negative way at all anymore. I can say this with such joy I have never been more proud of myself in my entire life. Absolutely never. I, I, I look back at where I was at that time in my life, holding on to all of that anger. And not only was I holding on to it, but I was pretending that everything was okay. I was pretending that I was happy. But then one little thing would tip me over the edge and I, I was exploding every single time. I look back at that version of myself and I cannot even describe to you how distant that feels, how much I cannot even begin to try and relate to that version of who I was. I don't know who that person was. I do know how that version of events has shaped who I am today and I am more in love with myself and my journey than I ever have been in my entire life. That is the power of healing. That is also the power of living intentionally. Living intentionally includes this process of healing. It has to, or else you're not. You're creating a facade for yourself that you think you're living intentionally, that you think you're healing. Like I said earlier, just because time is passing, that's simply not the case. I've really wanted to share this with you guys for a long time, but I wanted to make sure that I was truly in a place where I I actually believed the words that I was saying. And that I, I do feel like I've healed and that I do forgive these people and all people in my past that I felt have wronged me. And now, you know, I think about it, like I said, and I just have gratitude for the situation because without those version of events, I don't know who I would be. 
And I have never felt stronger, more emotionally stable than I do in my life right now. And I guess that will be the note I leave you guys on. I really hope that this podcast is one that you'll take away and go through a really deep self-reflection process on. Because despite the fact that I just spent 30 minutes telling you guys how much I've healed, I still have so much work to do. And I'm happy to admit that because like I said, this journey, it will never be over. Healing is a process that we have to go through constantly. And if you don't, you're just denying the best version of who you could be. So go go reflect. I hope that this gives you a lot to think about. If you guys have any questions, always feel free to reach out to me. And I love you all. I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.